We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Yo, uh, welcome to another episode of Eight Black Hands. I am Charles. Uh, I hope these fellas are doing okay, man. I'm, I'm really happy to see y'all after a long week, longer month, and even longer summer. But uh, it's good to be seen and, and back with folks. Uh, we're just going to go around the horn. We're going to start under me with Chris and, and just rotate around, man. How, how you doing, boss? I'm doing good. I'm blessed. It's another week. We are alive. We have shelter. We have food. The world is on fire, but we're not getting burned up yet. So, uh, so, so welcome everybody. Good to see brothers again tonight. Welcome to our friends and fam. Please share the show, like the show and let's get started. That's what's up, man. Young Ray, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm well, bro. A little bit of noise, because y'all knew that it was a hurricane on Long Island and I got not a one peep from y'all like, yo, Ray, how you doing? Everything good? Whatever, right? Nothing. But I tell you what, if anything happens in the chat, any glimpse of any kind of trauma that happens to any one of y'all, I'm beating down y'all's phone and it's consistent. So I'm a little bit disappointed. Okay, well, Ray is disappointed with us. Uh, I thought I said something to you on Twitter, but not not the same. Understood. Sharif El Mecky, how you doing this week, brother? Good, good. I uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the news. Didn't realize that, but you know, when you're in distress, brother, feel free to put out a signal and, and let us know. Yeah, you know I mean, I had no idea Long Island was. I heard about a hurricane all across, but I know we were getting some stuff down here too. But I'm glad to see you're okay. I see the rain boots in the back. I'm sure you had to use those at some point. Other than that, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good to see y'all. Glad to be here. And yeah, it's uh the world is on fire indeed. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is, man. And uh, and truly do hope you and your family are going to be okay, Ray. Um, we'll definitely check out the Red Bomb. The Lou- oh, okay, the, the, the Louboutin uh, rain boots. That's what's up. So, fellas, uh, kind of germane to what uh, Sharif was just talking about. There's a lot going on in the news. And um, and I just wanted to talk about it. It's some stuff that was, like I said, impacting my family personally. Uh, you know, my, my brother fought in, you know, the... Uh, went over to Iraq twice and Afghanistan and there's like stuff happening in Haiti and just had some questions about stuff. So I'm gonna just go to the video that's just gonna set up today's show. Um, it's a quick little, well, it was about three minutes, but it has all the details of what we're gonna chat about and we'll be right back with it. It means a lot, especially just in. Hey fellas, it's Charles, y'all know me. Uh, to the A Black Hands community, how you all doing? Look, tonight's topic might not be super sexy, but it's something that I'm passionate about. It means a lot, especially just in the international world. Um, There's been major international stories. So I just really want to know how we're talking to our young people about it. But let me preview just some of the biggest stories that's out there right now. Tensions rose in Haiti Saturday over a lack of aid to remote areas hardest hit by last week's devastating earthquake that killed more than 2,000 people. Many Haitians whose homes and livelihoods were destroyed by the 7.2 magnitude quake said they were unsure how to even start rebuilding. 2,000 Haitians just lost their place. 
Are we talking to our young people about it? Are we talking to our young people about why these things tend to keep happening to Haiti and not to the Dominican Republic? Um, there's another piece that's pretty close to me personally and in my family uh, about what's going on in Afghanistan. Hey, Becky. Well, there are scenes of panic and pandemonium at Kabul airport today as desperate people pour onto the runway trying to flee the country in what can only be described as a chaotic exodus. Now, people are literally clinging on to U.S. military aircrafts as they try to take off. The U.S. is in charge of the airport there. But their focus is on the evacuation of American personnel. As mass- In that story, I watched people hanging on to the wheel bases and I watched them holding on and rising up in the air and falling to their death. And because of the end, our young people are saying that too. How are we talking to them? At this time, with the internet, this is the most connected the world has been just around being able to see stuff. How are we raising global citizens? But not even just that, right? As we, as I talk about agency and focus on it, how are we helping our young people just discern just local news that involves them? So here's an example of one, right? There's a big, you know, increased graduation rates among African-American males. I see a lot of stuff that says stuff about um, graduation rates increasing and this, that, and the third um, that could kind of make you think things are sweet. Here's a piece from the report that I just did where last year, 2019-20, Oakland has 745 black seniors. And of that group, let me move my face out the way, of that group, only 35% graduated having met A through G requirements, meaning they can go to a university. In our Latino community, 1,910 Latino seniors, right? And of that group, only 47% graduated uh, able to enter into our university system. So, fellas, my question for you is, one, do we expect schools to make sure that we are global citizens and making sure our young people know how to discern the news? And then, two, how do we put power back into the hands of the our listeners to the people, build their agency up so they can make sure their kids are world citizens, um, are able to discern between real news and fake news, um, and just being better just citizens around uh, news, especially in this time where news is more ad-driven than ever before. So that's my question for the fellas tonight, and let's have a good show. Peace. All right, so... Oh. Hey, fellas. I'll take it out. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Take it out, Josh. I can't commun- All right. So um, I wanted to just get that out the way instead of sprinkling in through the show and taking up more time. I just wanted to, to get there. Um, just just thoughts. Right. I know that there are some major things happening. But when I saw those people falling from a plane to their death and wondering how schools now that school has started, how they're going to be talking to our kids about it. Somebody has an echo. But how they're going to be talking to our kids about it. Um and how they're going to, uh, you know, and how we want, you know, how we want to help our parents that's listening uh, talk about some of these major news pieces. And Chris, to, to, to the point that you made, man, I, I don't want it to be like a panel. Let's just have a talk. I, I'm, I'm just really curious. Well, I mean, I'll jump in. You asked, I think, two questions there. Like one question about are we just depending on schools to make our kids global citizens and then you had a second question in there about like how do we get the agency and the power back to 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 us and to the people that have kids i think Mm 
uh, were two of the questions I heard. Uh, and it, the moment that I heard in my mind translated the questions to why would we depend on schools to teach our kids? Like what evidence do we have now or have we ever had that it would be smart to put our trust in schools to teach our kids all they need to know about global white supremacy and late stage white supremacy and how it shows up in issues like Afghanistan and like the fact that when we talk about things like climate change, we're not talking about how the continent is actually being affected by climate change. It falls right out of the rich corporate media. They only talk about the wealthy countries. They don't talk about how it's, it's devastating other places. And Haiti, you, you mentioned it in your piece, the difference between Haiti and the Dominican Republic, right? There's a history there. Why would we trust schools to teach that history to our kids? Because the people who run the schools, own the schools, um, elected to run the schools and own the schools and write most of the laws that the schools live by are people who are benefiting from our kids not knowing any of that. So as a long-term strategy, I think our ancestors would tell us, our ancestors of just 20 years ago and of 50 years ago and 100 years ago and 1,000 years ago would all be screaming from heaven together, why would you allow the schools to teach the children about this? Like they're, they're <laughs> screaming at us. They're like, what is they're, they're talking to us in Fred Sanford voice. You big dummy. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Right. OK, so that's the first. The, the second thing I just translated when you asked, how do we put the power back in the agency? The way my mind flipped the question was, where's the power now? Where did it go? How did it leave from there? How was it not there in the first place? Where is it? Like, what do you mean put it back? What do you mean, like, help me locate? Somebody pull up Google Maps and locate black power so that we can find out where it is. Because we got to find it first before we can put it back. So that's all I got to say. No, don't trust the schools. And two, locate the power before you try and put it anywhere. Who has it? Where is it? Where's it been? Man. Yeah. That's, um... Yeah, I mean it's uh I mean one those those videos were were tragic, bro. Like um you now one of them was a was a kid, you know, a little young soccer player. Um, you know, so to to even think about what level of desperation a human being, particularly a child, um, may have at that time to be, you know, um you know, to even be in that space. It's, just, it's so hard. It's so hard to uh to view that and, and just think about uh, the mayhem that often follows uh, imperialism, mm-hmm. you know, um, no matter no matter where it is, you know, that's just the, uh, you know, that's just that's the situation, man. And, it, you know, it's like a, a broken record that keeps replaying. We see it over and over and over again, uh, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's Korea, whether it's the Central American countries, wherever, wherever it is, it's happened. Mm-hmm. Those tentacles, the octopus of America gets in, gets in your country. Um, you know, uh, things are sure to, to follow. Um, I think as far as like schools and students, you know, one, and we're not doing a great job of this anyway. And so this just makes it more complicated. But I think it still goes to those basic ideas of literacy. You know, students being able to be critical thinkers and readers um, and ensuring schools aren't the places where people just become drunk off of patriotism, that they ignore humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that's such a uh, part of the curriculum, um, you know, uh, that many people buy into and, and use as as propaganda. But instead, they should be 
um, allowed to think critically and question everything. Um, and that's, if anything, that's what education should lead you to, you know, uh, to be able to do. You brought a great point, like, you know, with the Internet, folks are more connected, but they're probably even less informed, not probably right. less informed. Um, now, you, you figure like Vietnam, it was a thing for folks to actually show images of what was actually happening. Um, you know, the newsreel, the live show, the embedded reporters who were showing things um, and people were being informed. I, I think so much of American intervention over the past ever since then, you know, the government learned and they're like, hey, we're going to shut some of this down. You're not going to see those raw images that might kind of jolt somebody awake make them think a little bit differently, students, particularly the youth. And it's much easier. So, you know, there's no draft. So people aren't angry about that. Uh, taxes aren't being raised. So people aren't angry about that. You know, typically money is borrowed, you know, against future generations um, to, to wage a lot of this stuff. So there's a lot, you know, there's more access and it's flat in some ways, but it's more cloudier than ever in a lot of other ways. Right. opinion on this is going to probably be uh, very unpopular uh, in terms of just like just the whole my whole thought process. So when we talk about Afghanistan, um, it, it makes me think about the Soviet Union. Like the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan and it was very unsuccessful and the Taliban won that war. And so instead of America kind of learning from the past, uh, we got ourselves into an endless war. And so um, the thought process behind going into that particular war was to do a couple of different things, right? You find Osama bin Laden, you kill him. And then you find uh, terror networks that are located and hiding uh, within Afghanistan. And then you kind of disrupt that, right? Mm -hmm. But then after you do that mission, then you come back home, right? And so for the last 20 years, like we've been having these conversations about bringing our troops back home and none of that has happened. And then finally, we have a president that is not only talking about bringing troops home, but actually brings troops home. And the scrutiny becomes, um, you know, how he pulled out of the war or how we pulled out of the war or whatever. But regardless of however you pulled out of that war, it was going to be messy. It was not going to be a perfect uh, situation for America because we shouldn't have been there in the first place, right? And so Trump set it up. He set the stage. Uh, America first, right? And so when I'm thinking about $2 trillion, right? Mm. And granted, don't get me wrong, I don't think any, I think everywhere in, in, in the world, a woman should be able to dress however they want, attend whatever schools they want or whatever. So like, I'm not with the Taliban's rules. However, I'm not from Afghanistan, so it's hard for me to kind of have an eye on how they've always done things, right? And so two, I'm just thinking about two trillion, two trillion dollars and what that could have done for like black and brown communities, right? And I know that sounds selfish and I'm willing to take the hit. I'm good with it, right? But I just think two trillion dollars in terms of like uh, an effort towards making sure every black and brown kid could read. Um, it could could have America in a better standing than spending two trillion dollars on an endless war. I mean, like when you had when you when you train someone for 20 years and in the day you say that you're going to uh, pull out and you're going to pull your troops, the 
the uh, the, the commander in chief of that country leaves the country, right? Like, I, I just I, I can't even fathom that if I'm if I'm a citizen that voted for that person to be the president of me. Um, with regards to Haiti, I mean, like Haiti is different because when we talk about Haiti, we also have to talk about um, we have to talk about their independence. We have to talk about the money that they now and still currently owe France, right? So Haiti has never really been um, in a position to kind of, and that's the difference between between Haiti and, and the Dominican Republic. Like the, the, the Haiti is always old, right? So they've always been from behind in terms of like all the things, um, in terms of all the things that that they have to go through as as, as a nation. And America doesn't help the shit. Right. Like, like they're right here. They're right here. And so because they look like how they look, because they look like us, not enough attention will ever be paid to Haiti. And that, that's just how I feel. That's where I'm at. Well, I appreciate that. I, I think, you know, and part of it was, you know, and I appreciate those takes on both Haiti and Afghanistan and even the stuff. What I was also partially trying to get to, too, with those examples was how are we talking about current events? with young people in like a, in a way where they can be critical thinkers. Right. So, so for instance, the, you don't just leave a country and then the Taliban takes over in a week. There's things that have been happening, right? Like Obama set up peace talks with the Taliban, which set up a political office for them, which allowed the Taliban to actually have conversations with people in the West. And then Trump did what he did and was like, yo, he started that peace, said we was going to extract. And then Joe Biden kind of carried that out. But the Taliban knew as soon as we left that it was open season, right? Or Haiti, I think you touched on it, Ray, you know, like it, it goes back. The reason why this is happening to Haiti, you know, and I don't know if students are getting this in schools and I don't know if our community is, 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 is in it enough to be able to have these conversations at home. But the real reason that Haiti's going through this, even though they're on the exact same rock as the Dominican Republic is because they were slaves and they beat the French out. And then to punish them, the French put sanctions on them and all the superpowers, the United States included, like has a barricade on them, right? Where they wouldn't trade with them. So the infrastructure is so weak. Anytime there's so much as, as a small rumble, the whole place kind of falls down. So how, how do we create our community? I, we, if we can't trust our schools to do it, I got, if we can't trust our schools to do it, like how do we make sure that our young people, you know, all of us, I think, I think everybody here has traveled abroad. I know you used to live abroad, Sharif. You know, Ray, I know you kind of travel and all that stuff. And there is a way that people look at us as Americans across the world um, where are, you know, are as global citizens. Right. And, and like we don't really hold up our end of the bargain. So, again, not the sexiest topic, which I will admit to, but it, it, it strikes a personal chord with me. And I just am curious, Sharif, if your teachers and Ray, if your teachers come to you and say, yo, I really want to talk about this with kids, but I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to go about it. I don't, you know, I want to be a better educator to make sure I'm raising global citizens. Like, what do we say to the educators that want to? And then we can, we can go to, you know, in the family structure later, but Ray, I'll go to you because you actively have, you have teachers, you have kids in your schools that saw people fall to their death on TV. And you also got a young son and a young daughter who probably also seen that as well because of these little things here or whatever. Right. So you know, you can answer as a parent, as an administrator, however you want. But I'm just really curious. So, man, fortunately for us, like we don't we're not in one of those red states that kind of restrict 
um, what, what you can teach or what you're going to be able to teach. But I think you approach it just like how we approach everything else in history. Like you approach it by talking about the truth. So you set it up by talking about the historical dynamics of like how we just talked about Haiti and, you know, the fact that they were slaves or whatever and like all the hardships that they've gone through. But I think um, in terms of relating it to current day topics, you focus on that infrastructure piece, right? Like Biden just passed a, a, a $500 trillion, however much money I'm going to have to pay in taxes in order to cover the shit. But, um, you know, there's a, a infrastructure bill that, that has just been passed that, um, that, and that and you and you segue, you compare and contrast as to like how much money uh, the United States is able to put in their infrastructure as opposed to Haiti not being able to put anything in their infrastructure. And then you empower students to kind of think in terms of like where uh, where Haitian folks are in terms of, you know, their country. And and then, you you know, there, there's a whole I'm a history teacher. So like there's a whole lot of parallels that 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 I would that I would bring in. Right. So like I'm I'm thinking of the recent uh, president presidential assassination in Haiti and then I'm relating that to the Bay of Pigs. Um so there's a lot there's a lot of different ways. So like if teachers come to me, like I, I want to first make sure that they have the background knowledge in order to be able to cover it effectively. But then also I want to know that they have those driving questions that are going to be able to uh push kids thinking, right? And uh set them up in order to do their independent thinking so that they can come back and they can say, you know what, here's how I feel about this. Here's how I feel about that. Right. So it's like it's not, you know, the teacher imparting how they feel necessarily, but it's allowing the kids to be thinkers and kind of come to their own conclusions. That's how I would talk to my teachers about approaching it. Got it. Reef on the air tip. Yeah, man. Um, you know, so you know, when I was a, a principal, sometimes I would just share artifacts from our our home and our community. You know, um, you know, one of the things that I would probably share with them is a letter my mother wrote to her father back in 1980. I just posted it; just came across it uh, when I was at my mother, my aunt's house, um, and it was interesting. Like she was warning her father, my grandfather, about falling for propaganda about mm-hmm. Iran. At that time, it was Iran. It was She was pushing her father, you know, to be, hey, be a critical thinker, be really wary about what you uh, what you believe. Um, just assume that uh, the news that you're getting is a lie and start with that. So be skeptical about what you're hearing. Start there. She's like, if you start there, you'll be at a great place about what reality, you know, is, you know, my grandfather was very, you know, worried and concerned about us living um, in Iran in the, in the early eighties. Um, I think, you know, and as far as like my teachers or, you know, educators, you know, as, as always, as anything, uh, really challenge them to include the voices, you know, ask whose voices are missing, whose stories, perspective and experiences are missing. Mm. Right. And so if they're getting all their news just from, you know, politicians over here or whoever it is, like just find out like what are people on the ground saying? And I know that's hard sometimes because people are just accustomed to turning on the channel and getting that news, but like really pushing the channels, where else can you get the news from? How would you find out more information? Because this is these are skills that they'll need for the rest of their lives. Right. Don't you don't have to rely on in Philly's three, six and ten and Fox News or whatever. There are other ways to find other perspectives whose voices are missing whose perspective and experiences are missing, right? And I agree with, you know, Ray mentioned like history. Like we, uh, Folks may know about Russia being in Afghanistan, but I would have conversations with students about 
why was England in Afghanistan in the 1800s? Man. Why was French? Why, you know, and we'd go to a globe. And, a and they beat back everybody, right? They, they beat back every superpower that's tried to invade them, and, I think. And when we say beat back, though, when we look at, like, the death tolls for people trying to keep others from invading them, it's always on the folks with the least amount of technology, you know what I mean? Those kind of things, under-resourced and places like that. So, yes, people eventually exit, but, you know, also knowing, like, what's, what are the death tolls of, of their children and families and, and generations of, like, you know, what happened at the same time? And you can see this anytime, right? What's the death toll? As much as American uh, soldiers died, what were the civilians in Vietnam? What was that death toll? It's crazy. What was the death toll in Iraq compared to <laughs> America? What's the death toll in in Afghanistan of Afghani citizens compared to right? And so sharing all of that, having students look at graphs and like, why is this? Why why would England and France be all the way over here? Right. And just really pose the question. What is it? And developing empathy. What would it mean for someone to come and invade your home and put somebody and say, This is now the leader of your home? What would you do? How would you react? And would that ever be just accepted? Even if they say you can, hey, you can now vote for this person. How would that be accepted by your children and your grandchildren and your cousins and all of that? So just trying to help folks understand it from a different perspective than what may be uh, being shoved down their their throat. So as often as possible, primary sources, understanding history, uh, how all these dots are connected and, and so on and so forth. Right. And so it can be complicated, but sometimes, you know, empathy doesn't have to be like. Here, here are folks that are this country that's been invaded, you know, multiple times over the past couple centuries. Why? And what does that mean? And what should it mean for, for us? Well, we and we train the rebels. You know, we like the Taliban at one point. There's a lot of our weapons and things that, like that. I'm coming to you, Chris, and I know we are kind of far into the panel thing, but I just want to highlight what the educators have said. And, and Chris, you can definitely chime in as a board member, too. One, Ray said a few things. It was like you have to set up the historical dynamics like this stuff didn't just happen. Right. So the educators listening, you have your homework and we really looking at you, world history and civics teachers and actually geographical teachers, because Afghan Afghanistan is in a very interesting place on the map of what is next to and where the powers that, that, that lie. He also said it's not a space for educators to just spew their feelings at the time. It's actually a time for you to do your research and do your work. Uh, but the, the the ears of babes that have not heard or don't have this place, that's not the place where you're processing. You do a, a bit of that on your own so you can actually deliver and educate our young people so they can be aware of these things. And then Sharif said, you got to use utilize these primary sources as much as possible, because, again, we know different media outlets got different agendas that they're trying to get. So as much as you can use primary pieces and and and, and Chris. You as a school board member, you are somebody who's pretty active as far as like reading news. You always send me a lot of articles and put articles and stuff in our group. And also, I just I'm thinking of you and your little kids. I know all you all are fathers, too. Like, I I do want to get into that piece of what is the conversation you had after your daughter saw all these people running next to this U.S. plane and people so desperate to get out of this country that they try to hold on to a wheel and fail hundreds of feet out of the sky to their death. Um, again, I know it's gloomy, but this is what's happening in the world. And, you know, we, we can't just always turn a blind eye, especially in this day and age when it's 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 finding kids. Kids not even going to find this. It's finding them. Yeah, I mean, that's like a deep question. There's so much there to unpack, but 
not all kids have the same level of media access. So not all co- kids mm-hmm. are seeing the same thing. So there's yeah, that. my kids like, ain't see that, Joel. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like so kids are seeing different things, which <laughs> actually though I think is a big important point here, which is just uh, I think all the all adults are educators. So we just heard from two educators that are talking about what teachers can do. As a former board member and a person who has uh, talked to lots of teachers over more than a decade, um, there's a reality about how much they can do in a day and how much they can do in a class, especially when they're what they're supposed to be doing is jam packed with all kinds of other stuff, standards and you know pacing and you know where they're supposed to be in their their year with what they're trying to teach and whatnot. So going back to an earlier point about it's not uh, 100% on the schools to train oppressed peoples about their oppressors when their oppressors run the schools, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, so we're just missing part of the point here. Part of the point is we need a mirror. First of all, we need a man in a mirror. We need a mirror. We need a cultural transformation in how we are acting as out of school time educators, not just of our own children, but just generally. And the way that we got our kids messed up right now, we got our kids real messed up, right? They they don't see, they don't identify themselves as connected to indigenous peoples across the world. They don't see themselves with a, a pan-African or a pan-indigenous um, um, a diasporic type of uh, view of the world. And that's a problem because you just mentioned just two places today, but we could keep going down right. the list. There's a list. This isn't a small. And, you know, if you were to ask them just some basic questions with kids at home and at the library and wherever you have. Well, this is all the white countries in the world. And this is their standard of living. And this is what they have going on. And this is why they never make the news in Switzerland and the Netherlands and all these other places. Holland, the happiest place in in the world and Finland and whatnot. Why do you think that they're living such a different reality? than all of these other countries. Let's name all these other countries that just happen to be browner than these, these, this little hand. There's got to be a why. What is the why? Let's talk about the why, right? right. Uh, when Ray was talking earlier about all this money, this $2 trillion we could have spent, not spent in Afghanistan, uh, we could have spent on, no, we couldn't have. Martin Luther King told you years ago, that militarism was the thing to fight. And we haven't paid attention to that in, in the 50 years since, you know, since it's been like an issue for us. Like we've, we've known about it, that the military industrial complex, that money didn't go to Afghanistan. That money went to military in, industrial complex vendors is who that money went to. And it's going to go there next year when they pick another people of color to beat up on for 10 or 15 or 20 years under some media created threat. And we're going to fall for it every, every single time. And our kids are going to have no context. They're going to have zero context. And it's not going to be on our teachers. That problem's not going to be a problem with our teachers or our schools mm-hmm. or whatnot. That's going to be a problem with us. Black people in the United States, this is me not giving us a break. I'm, this is going to be my unpopular moment, right? Because Ray had his already. Now, I, I want to say that Ray's more unpopular. His wasn't that bad. Yeah, his wasn't bad. Yeah. 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 yeah, at the beginning of the show, he we tried to throw some of not checking in no, on his first like, take like, was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was, that was, that was the bad take. This last take that he had wasn't, you know, that was like, I'm going to say a bad take and it's not going to be bad. You know, that's what that was. You said yours about to be bad. Okay. Mine's about to be bad. Basically, you're a bad one. Mine's a bad white supremacy and global white supremacy is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. It's not, it's, it's not the problem. We are the problem with the, 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 the whole world looks to black Americans as if we are on some privileged ship. And as if we are like, if we got our stuff together, we could fix it for the whole diaspora. Right. And it's not an unfounded thing because if we were our own nation, we actually would be high up in the list of nations with what we have. Right. But we always act broke 
We always act like we don't have nothing. Disconnected, powerless, begging, tearing down shit for basic rights we should basically have already, whatnot. Not understanding leverage, financial leverage, whatnot. We, our brand identity is connected more with global corporation brands than it is with our own brand identity as a people, right? Mm -hmm. The amount of money that we spend every day associating associating ourselves with brands, putting other people's names on our asses, right? Almost literally years after they used to brand us. That is our problem. Our problem is our culture, our spending, our disconnectedness, our lack of commitment as a people to act collectively to save ourselves. And if we don't want to do it, we don't have to do it. We don't have to. It'd be every man for himself. Get your condo. Get your thing. You could do the MC breed thing. I got to get mine. You got to get yours. Let's do that. That's why you have a Haiti. That's why you have a Chicago. That's why you have a, a Trinidad. And that's why you have like a, a, a colonization of a Jamaica and all these other kinds of things all around the world is because we drank some Jim Jones Kool-Aid years ago, some commercial Jim, Jim Jones Kool-Aid. And we are now buying it and selling it to our children. Literally. We're pumping them with processed foods, processed meats, processed media, nihilistic uh, hip hop culture. Listen, I'm just going to give it to us because you know what? We too strong to act this week. We too strong to act this week. And we're teaching our kids to do the same thing. Bad take. If you want. Hey, give, give, and, and Josh, with that, give us the four screens, brother. Put us yeah. all in the boxes. Let's 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 have this talk. Because <laughs> Ray was Ray both ready. No, I'm not saying, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, the first thing that made me think of uh, Run DMC back in the day, Calvin Klein, no friend of mine. I don't know what do I name or my behind, right? Like, and so that that whole idea of like what was talked about then and what's talked about now is, uh, you know, and not to say that there wasn't materialism and things like that. Like that's that's been consistent through, you know, that's human nature in so many different ways. Um, but I think when it dead your spirituality, when it deadens your, your uh, compassion for humanity, that's the challenge. That's the problem. When it dulls your senses that much, when you're like, oh, well, I'm powerless to do that, so I don't care, right? Like, because that's the, that's the thing that sometimes happens. Like, oh, that has nothing to do with me. I, you know, and not understanding like that human beings are connected, you know, we are connected to this earth, right? And I understand that some folks don't approach it from that kind of spiritual lens, you know. Um, the other thing that you made me think of was, uh, Stuart, was this uh, Desmond Tutu uh, quote where he talks about, I'm not interested in picking up crumbs of compassion thrown from the table of someone who considers himself my master. Mm. And to me, like, that's also like, as you were describing that, that also made me think of, you know, what he was saying as far as, you know, uh, you know, power and what does it mean? And I think the lastly, your hat says it all, <laughs> you know, a disorganized group of people, disorganized with thoughts, ideas and resources, all three, the things that that you can organize to attain power. We're disorganized with all three of those. Wow. Go ahead, Ray. Uh, I, I, you, you, you go with it, brother. <laughs> so, so again, uh, you know, Chris, I mean, Chris, you, you hit on some, some really salient points in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, where you were going with it. I don't think that was a, I don't think that was an unpopular take at all. I think that it was, it was real. Right. And what it made me think of, it made me think of, of, of my first in African-American studies at the University of Albany, which was uh, a, a top uh, top 10 African studies department at the time. 
And so when I started reading about um, how slavery began in Western Africa and how kings um, sold other Africans, right? Like I have some trauma with regards to that, right? And so like even to this day, as we have this conversation about, um, as we have this conversation about Haitians, which immediately make me think about uh, folks from the Dominican Republic, right? There's also <clears throat> this conversation that we never have about um, descendants of slaves um, on the American continent and just like everybody else that looks like us, like black folks from Africa, right? And so, you know, they come and, and this, I'm, I'm talking about my, only, my own personal experience, right? And so they have this mindset of, oh, you American Blacks, you just don't work hard enough. Or, you know, there's this or there's that or whatever, right? And, like, I used to have, like, this deep-rooted anger towards those folks because they didn't take the time to try to understand the history of what we've gone through and how far we've come since being sold into slavery by our own people, right? And so this is kind of liberating for me to have this conversation right now because, like, I... I, I still hold like some some anger with regards to that because I don't understand for the life of me how you could sell your own people into into slavery so I mean well, first of all let's put that story in the context just real quick yeah I want to challenge you weren't selling your own people into slavery who were you selling something you were doing something that was internationally not a caste-based or race-based system of selling people. You were doing something that had been done time in memorial, which was when you captured enemies during war, you either had to hold them and feed them and keep them, or you had to get rid of them in one way, shape, or form. And one of the ways that some countries all around the world, actually, as a matter of fact, did was uh, in all times, all ages, was you sell your prisoners of war. Right. Uh, and you, it's not your own that people that you're selling. It wasn't. The, I'm not saying it was the only time I'm saying it, it was the majority of the time that they were being sold, because this is before right, the, the slave trade became a race based caste life life system like it became in the United States. So I don't want people like thinking that what happened in Africa was the same thing that it became or was even a precursor to what Americans made it once those people got here to the United mm -hmm. States. It's a, so, bit, it's a small nuance, but I will say this much to your, to your other point. I get mad at the conservatives when they want to bring this up and the conservatives want to like, you know, say what I'm saying about black people tonight. When conservatives <laughs> say it, it gets on my nerves. It gets on my nerves. When the uncle ruckus come, come shining through, it drives me crazy. But, but there's always a but, we're not doing all we can. So but we're not doing all we can for our own freedom. We're not doing all, can, all we can for our own education, our own edification, our own financial security and for our children. We're not doing all that we could be doing. And we need to admit that we need to admit that. But Reef, before you before you jump in. Right. Like there was some some trading of gunpowder. There was some trading of alcohol for people. That prisoners of war. Prisoners of war. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, there was. You fight me in a fight, bro. I'm not going to like just keep feeding you. I might have to sell you too, Ray. <laughs> I mean, bro, like, like I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that that story is, is used to us historically to say, well, everybody did it. Everybody sold black people, even black people. sold black people without any context 
for the difference between what European colonies were doing, colonists were doing when they were selling black people versus the the enemies who were having wars in Africa with each other. And they had some some spare people. I'm not even I I don't even want to go too far down that rabbit hole. I just I I just want to say, like, you know, but but I think it's important, though. And and but again, I think it's germane to what we're talking about. It could be a bunch of issues. Right. These are just the issues happening this week when this topic came up. You know what I'm saying? And if you want to study what Ray and 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 um, and Chris were talking about do a search for involuntary immigrants and voluntary immigrants. Uh, uh, Cone writes a lot about it, but just to understand, right? Because there's a few there's a few differences there, and I think that you will find some some interesting history there. But the point that I think y'all made my larger point. The larger point is that we are on our own, and when you look at like we live in a country that has told us since we were born, you are minority, minority, minority. They love this term minority and minoritized mm-hmm. language. But when you remove arbitrary lines, right, African people and African descent across the globe, it's a lot of us. It's a whole bunch. Now, there might be some that don't want you to call them black and will say that they white and will cuss you out. And they happen to be on the other side of that that rock that Haiti is on and, and, and other places. It's not just them as well. Right. That's why when you look at the test and it says uh, white, not of Hispanic descent or whatnot. Right. Like that. that's why that happens. There is a there is a global history that our people don't often get. And guess what? We just showed you that if you keep waiting for it to happen, it's not going to come to you and it's not going to come to your kids. And I know we're on this global piece, but I also put a local piece in there. I put a local piece in there around how news just lies, right? Like black graduation is rising. Black males are graduating. They're doing this. But Charles, Charles, who is who who's not getting the real information to the kids? Okay, so there's kids. I think I think I okay, think. Wait a second. So, let's just let's just make a, a map here. There's there's children. Oh, I'm, I, I'm about children. to answer on your side. I think. And 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 then there's information, and in between the information and the kids, what's happening in between those two things? So what happens? I'm I'm I'm, I'm on your side, right? Like, listen. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I think parents, our community, us outside of this school system that I don't love anyway, like there mm-hmm. needs to be study groups and pods amongst us around mm-hmm. our history and who we That's come right. from. There needs to be reconciliations and reconciliatory conversations between involuntary immigrants and voluntary immigrants. Because here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. There are people, I remember there was these racial tensions on campus when I was an undergrad, but it wasn't black and white. It was, it was, it was American born blacks and Africans. And it was like a really strong fight, right? Cause we didn't understand how you was coming to this college and you had a servant that was black and they didn't understand how they, they really did think that we was lazy. But here's the thing, if I'm a voluntary immigrant, my parents have been saying, you going to America and this is what you're going to do in America. And this is what we sacrificing. And this is what needs to happen. If you were born here, there wasn't that reconciliation around how you're here, what's going on. And oh, by the way, I don't know who my great, great, great grandparent is. I don't know who my great, 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 great grandfather is. I don't have that history to anchor me. Right. So I agree with you, Chris, there as a community, black and brown people, whatever. Right. Um, you and I, actually I'm talking more to black people because chattel slavery just did some shit. Right. And it's still here. And the way that you have an example of Haiti Haiti is a victim of slaves that actually won their rebellion from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I told I was talking to Sarah Carpenter the other day, man, when you hit power, power hits back and that power structure ain't stopped hitting since they lost. And oh, yeah, even the superpowers that hate each other will come together and agree to continue to lock out black peoples. And if you've never gotten that lecture in school, 
then congratulations. You're like the majority of black people in this country that go to public education. But you just you just broke it down. You just diagnosed a big problem, which I think actually if we were diagnosing this for our kids Mm -hmm. the way you just did, the way you just did as a culture, if we were doing this then we would be further ahead. And I do want to broaden the frame for my beige people. Cause I got to do that. each show now. I just want to broaden the frame <laughs> right now. Like, listen, let me just broaden the frame. Cause we're talking about slavery and its effect and impact on black folks. Yes. The global white supremacy project though, has left indigenous peoples of all sorts in dire straits, right? If you talk to the people of Hawaii, for instance, which we consider mm-hmm. to be an American state, <laughs> right. how did you become an American state? Mm. Tell me a little bit about your story. How is it that my, that uh, Zuckerberg is buying up all your land and you can't afford to live on your own island anymore? Tell me more about how that happened and how that came to be. And they're going to say, have you ever heard of the Dole family? Mm. Well, the Dole family deposed our queen and started a pseudo corporate government and it didn't get recognized by the United States at first. And the United States didn't recognize it because that's what white supremacy does. And we have been virtual slaves in our own homeland ever since. You want to talk to Brazil? You want to talk to Colombia? You want to talk to what? Uh, even Mexico, right to the south of us? Yeah, you, you can talk to the Bahamas. Listen, Bruh, the Bahamas is supposed to have been free, right? For what, 20, 30 years, right? Go, go, when you go to the Bahamas and get your money, you know whose face is on that money? The queen. You know whose face the queen of England, baby. You know whose money is on that face? And you have to ask yourself, why is it that Canada and Mexico feel so different in terms of their relationship to the United States? Mm as contiguous, right? We can make it black and white if we want to, but we can also make it white versus everybody. <laughs> Cause that's what the global project is, is white folks versus everybody, right? So and I'm, our I'm kids gonna, don't know I'm, that. I'm, I'm gonna disavow from that only because oh, I knew you were. I'm running I for public you. office and I need everybody's <laughs> vote. And so I need everybody's vote. <laughs> I don't need anybody's vote. <laughs> What I need is a I need a foot off the throat is what I need. I don't need your vote. Right. (laughs) Like like we need something very different in life. But I need us to stand up. I need it to be about us. I need to stop it being about. Listen, the other team is doing what the other team is doing. And they've been doing it for a long time and they're getting very rich doing it. And we keep missing buses. We keep missing buses. While we watching Cardi B videos, (laughs) we all up in the, the hip hop videos. See? You're not going to like it. I'm going to get this bad take in there, but I'm telling <laughs> you, the culture is corrupt. The culture I've never seen a party <laughs> video, but I am, I, I got to be honest, I'm looking forward to Ray doing that milk crate joint. <laughs> I, know, I know he's been practicing. One of those shoes back there got some kind of traction for crates specifically. So I'm, I am looking, I will watch that. You know? <laughs> well, and listen, Go ahead, right? That 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 speaks to Chris's point, man. We yo, we will let the smallest of of, of challenges kind of uh, convolute our thinking and throw blow us up. It, what? Blow up. It'll blow up. We'll let those things just. I mean, I wish reading could go viral. I wish phonics could go viral. So so I, I, you know, I, was, I was, let phonics go viral. We'll call so it the, 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 the thug viral challenge or something, you know. You got to read. Here's what I was thinking, right? Here's what I was thinking. And I, I don't know if I'm still going to do it because I'm letting it out now. But I was going to take a milk crate, sit down with a book, 
<laughs> it's over. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> you already canceled. <laughs> That's the worst challenge ever. It's over. The moment the book comes out, scroll, strike, strike, right, left, up, down. <laughs> well, look, I know, I know, we, I know, we winding, man, and 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 and, and reap. I'm, I'm not calling on folks today. I'm trying to just get us into this in this free flowing conversation. So it's double dutch. You're gonna have to hop in, but you know. I know that this show was going to be different. I knew when I picked the topic, people were going to be like, this is different. This is, but I really want, I did want to go deep into this because for the same reasons you've been talking about, Chris, I've been with a group of people and been trying to explain, like, yo, we have, we have to collectively have these conversations because you cannot have somebody have this conversation with us. There, it's just not going to happen. And then I wanted to bring in that local piece. And I wanted to bring in that piece where they would just lie to you, yo. Like, it's just like, yo, like they will, they will piss on your leg and tell you it's raining. And we like, don't this rain is crazy, right? Well, it's yellow and it stinks. I don't understand what's happening. They said that black graduation is rising. And guess what? It is, right? Because they raising people up. But if you ask one extra question, <laughs> if you put to my people out there, culturally black people and anybody, just ask one extra question. Well, okay, if, if black graduation is going up, how many of those kids are actually going to college successfully or how many of those kids are getting what they need or, mm. or what, what, why, why do we still have X, Y, and Z happening at a, hard, at a higher rate? Oh, wait, if we was getting, you know, if like people don't seem to understand that we have a we have a slave incarceration system. Right. When you go to one of those jails, you produce products for damn near for free. You only get paid. You get paid less than a dollar to do it. We have more black people in prisons than we've ever had slave, slaves at any one given time. But we don't ask that additional question. And I, and I know I would take and, the and, and Charles, when you say they're lying to us, you said they're lying to us? Mm-hmm. We have to yeah, be clear. I, well, they're, they're like, lying. They're yeah. lying when they say that we're doing better. Like, turn your eyes because your kids are doing better. Your kid might be fucked up, but all the other black kids are doing yeah. better. And it's not true. And when I just want to say yeah. about the system. Mm-hmm. Making it really plain when you're talking about places like Oakland or whatnot, uh, those school systems are lying to us every Absolutely. day with data. And it's not the other team. It's our team that is running those systems. Oftentimes hey. it's, it's our people lying to our people. So some of y'all go in and join these systems and you become the system and you start sounding just as crazy as everybody else in that system. You know, it, it, it's not as bad as it looks. And, oh, you know, we're, we're doing great things. We've got great things going on with our kids. We, so we, we've got, kid ain't going yeah, <laughs> you know, reading, not so great math, not so great, but other great things going on. There's just in our schools, no one can. I read love this voice. I just, you should do this things. voice more often. It's, it's yeah. a super, <laughs> It's 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 the it's the educated Negroes are killing us. It's like, you know, well, you can't just look at test scores because you can't pay rent with a test score. You can't eat test scores. Our kids need hugs. Our kids need hugs. Hey, but, but so, you know but what? So, if you want a dummy, if you want a dummy, raise a dummy. But don't be leading a system where you're trying to raise everybody to be a dummy. Don't give a don't don't treat me like a dummy. Don't treat so, me like a dummy when you start talking. Oh, we had ice cream socials <laughs> and, and we have black student unions. Yes, can they read? No, but that's beside the point. Reading really? is racist. Really? Uh, racist. something? Uh, <laughs> yeah, reading is racist. <laughs> Proficiency <laughs> is racist. You know. Stop stressing those kids out, making them you know learn how to read. Like that's uh, you know, I, I mean. I think the the lies are pervasive, um, but they, but at the same time, you know, the class warfare, um, which is, so it's a racial warfare, but then we can't ignore the class warfare that Absolutely. also uh, occurs on, um, you know, poor black 
children and and brown children and like those are you know instead of instead of coming in and saying no you know as md used to say do damage to the system or do damage to the children and unfortunately many adults say oh yeah i'm kicking the heck out of this child (laughs) like forget the system i'm tapped in i'm bought in and i'm going to protect it with every fiber of my being and it comes out when we talk about every lesson plan is a political document every time you teach is a political act it is because how what you think about children about the communities that love them it will manifest in how you plan how you teach how you build community or choose not to right and so all of that is all mixed in um you know at the same time and right that that uh whole enslavement thing that's another whole show bro but i i do have to just say like we have to be really careful about like how we view things that chattel you know one and again back to primary sources when you look at how europeans justify the brutality of chattel slavery they weren't talking about what the kings were doing what they were talking about was these are subhumans and this is their their lot in life. Mm. It was very that's a very different conversation. When you look at and as Chris said, like enslavement and, and all of that, that was yeah, as horrific as it was, that is that was a global thing. And often your child wasn't condemned to the status of your parents. Mm. Right. And so that's right. That's right. Often, you could, yeah, you could see that those yeah. some of them. And, uh, and again, we're talking about I don't want to like this is a broad, general broad brushes, but you can see like how they may have been soldiers. Like if you were enslaved, you may have been a soldier. You may have ended up taking over, right? Like, and so different things like that, it wasn't whatever your mother is, that's what you are, mm-hmm. right? That is a very, very different concept. And when you add that and you look at the primary sources of what they said, as far as what they were doing, very radically different, radically different. And now consider the fact that they're trying to outlaw you from being able to say what you just said in a classroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, 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 so my, no rebuttal, but, but Reef, you're right. Um, I, 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 I get it, right? But, uh, and I'm not excusing any kings or whatever. Like, there are some African nations that actually apologize, right? So, so I've seen documentaries of, of folks that went back and had conversations with these folks that, that knew about, like, or, or, or that are talking about things that happened that they had no idea that these people were going to be uh, brought into, right? And then they talked about it from a lens of regret. You're getting lower and lower, right? I don't know if it's me, but but it just went slowly lower and lower. Yeah, your, <laughs> mic, your mic kind of went down. And and I do have a question for you, Ram. Peeping your background, how many feet are in your house? <laughs> exactly you how many what? feet are there in your you house? Leave that, you leave that man alone because I have probably more shoes than that. Like, so I, now ain't none of them got red bottoms. I do want some Louboutins in my life. You feel me? You know you balling when you got Louboutin like rain boots and shit. Like when it's like oh, I pay all this money to go kick up mud. But uh, you fr- you fly, brother. I give I give props when it's fly, brother. Uh, say something, Ray. We just want to know if your mic is still back on. Meh. back? Nope. No. You are it's, like it's a whisper. Real. Yeah, Cointel Bro's yeah. working on you, bro. But it's all good. I know we need to uh, go into these final thoughts so I can get y'all out of here. Now, listen, Ray and Chris joke around and say they have the bad takes. Today I did the bad show, but, but, um, so help me out. Uh, I need you all to comment and like this. Uh, and then four more weeks when it's my turn again, I'm going into some more data because I also think that, like, 
nobody's coming to save us. Nobody's coming to educate us. And I think even these conversations with this type of free flowing debate has sparked somebody to be curious about something. Somebody will go look up some of the things that we talked about and you have to talk to your kids about it. You have to talk to the people in your community about it because this TV will have them hating who they are, denying their greatness and being on the path to destruction. Be if you just leave your kids to the public school system. And that's why I wanted to do this piece because I knew, I kind of knew where we were going to land in this. So help me out a little bit, but I will take all that heat gladly and I will do it again in four weeks. Uh, but let's go into final thoughts. Uh, Ray, fix your microphone. I'm going to start with Sharif and then I will. Am I good? Can you hear me? Oh, now? you're good now. You're good. You're good. I'll start with Reef and then come to you though, but go ahead. You better let him get it in now while his mic is working. Well, go, go, go ahead, Ray. <laughs> Go, 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 go ahead, right? So, so, so I'm, trying to, I'm trying this new setup, right? Uh, so don't mind me, right? I'm just trying new things out. And so um, my, fi- my final thought is this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my final thought to shout out uh, the Mind Trust. And so we are doing a live show in Indy uh, October the 5th, right? And they have laid out the red carpet. They are setting the pace in terms of how they are um, advertising this show, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to going to Naptown and being uh, being uh, on a live stage again. We haven't been on a live stage together in a while, and so that's going to be dope. And and that that's what my final thought is. My final thought is I can't wait to get to Naptown. That's what's up, uh, Reef. Yeah, no, it's good to see y'all. I'm I'm also looking forward to um you know to that. I would say you know um, educators, shout out to shoemaker students who are starting tomorrow, um starting school, and just shout out to all educators who started who've been going through professional development who will start after Labor Day. Um, you know, hold let's hold ourselves accountable for the outcomes. That's what real love is. Love, real love in this educational context or any context. If you love someone, if you love a child, that means you feel a responsibility for their outcomes. You feel responsibility for their success. The same way that how we raise our children, we want them to be better, we want them to be faster, we want them to be stronger. Um, and at the end of the day, that is what this collaboration, this unification, this power grab that is absolutely necessary for our communities, um, you know, for us to be successful. Looking forward to next week, uh, we'll have Dr. Misha Mosley from the Black Teacher Project, um, Oakland, New York, and and elsewhere, uh, where she's supporting educators and looking forward to hearing how she's doing that, what she's seeing, particularly in this context where folks are trying to, as uh, Chris says, trying to make people dumber. Um, Mm -hmm. And in America, that's uh, you know, that's not a hard thing to do, unfortunately. That's what's up. Black man, beige man, as you have so eloquently <laughs> changed your name to. Uh beige power in the house. Um, listen, the thing I go to bed worried about all the time with my own kids is just that I'm not gonna be here forever with them. There's gonna be a future without me, uh, with them, I hope, God willing. Uh, and, and, uh, if, if today is any precursor to what that's going to be, what they're going to have to deal with and inherit, it, it gives me lots of worries. People are, uh, the, the, our country and the world is getting actively dumber, uh, as time goes on, um, more unequal and, uh, and on fire, like, you know, with the climate and all kinds of other things going on, the best we could possibly do is deposit with them all the assets we possibly can to give them a leg up all our financial assets in, in our house in order, all the information 
all the like world fund of information that we think is going to help them be successful. The stuff that the schools won't teach them and that the corporate culture won't teach them and that the music industry won't teach them and that TikTok won't teach them are the things that we have to teach them. And those things could possibly save their lives. So everything we talked about tonight, why is Afghanistan the way Afghanistan is? Why is Haiti different than the Dominican Republic? You know, why is Mexico and Canada uh, uh, a, a kind of an unfair balance of, of respect and power the way that they're treated by the United States. Why are all the white countries in the world living one type of reality and everybody else is living a different type of reality all across the world? Now, they have some answers for you for that, but we have to have our own answers for that because we know their answers is bull, right? So I think we, short of a massive cultural shift and what we teach and how we teach. Our kids have many teachers. Our kids are being taught by the internet. Our kids are being taught by cell phones. Our kids are being taught by media culture, corporate music culture, corporate media culture, corporate film culture, whatnot. This is all not in our hands, really. And it's sending our kids massive messages that make them dumber. The number of people in the United States that never read a book after high school is astronomical. Like it's crazy the number of people who never read again, just after high school. I'm not talking about black people, I'm talking about everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And as they get dumber on their side, they get more exploitable by the corporate powers that be that want to keep them exploitable so that they can stop us from doing things, from ever being free. We have to teach our kids that. That's my final word. My final word tonight is uh, we could talk ad nauseum about the other team, but the other team has got a winning strategy and it's even winning more today than it's ever been winning before. So I suggest we get a winning strategy too. And it's going to start with information for our kids. Maybe we get rid of some of them teachers that our kids have, you know, the media teachers and the corporate teachers and the stuff, the brand identity teachers that are making them into kind of like gross consumer slaves. Maybe we try something different. Just a thought. Man, thank you all for that. Uh, my final thought is um, one, thank you all. I know that, uh, I know it's a heady topic, but, uh, I, you know, I, I'm glad we talked about it. What I will say to my people is you have to make the public political private. You have to take these things and you have to be somewhat selfish about it so you can go learn about it. The one thing that we kind of alluded to but didn't say is some of you might be watching and saying, well, I don't know this stuff and might feel some shame or whatever. It's OK. Like, cause you can, you can start, you can go, if you research one thing that we talked about today and you write about it, I'll help you write it or send it to any of the four of us. I know we'll help. We'll write it with you, whatever the case is. You know what I mean? I really like if one person learned something from this and did some research and talked to their kids, talk to their community, it was all worth it. It was all fully worth it because again, we are all we got, but man, we can be enough. Cause we ain't the minority everywhere. When you look at them African peoples around the world, it's a bunch of us. Uh, there are some products that are coming out to, to, to help us support you. Just finished the manuscript uh, for first, first time, you know, black males going to college. It'll be available to everybody for free. It'll be an ebook. The A Black Hands is working on something that will be out for, you know, that people can get access to. Both of those things are in the final stages of editing and doing all that stuff. And uh, we just want to thank you for, for being here with us. Uh, for learning with us um, and as we learn and grow together. But again, we might be all we got, but that, that can be more than enough if we actually wrap arms around each other. So please share this. Please comment with this. Add in things. If you've got things that you want us to talk about or that you're curious about or you got questions, you got questions for administrators, for teachers, for school board members, for, you know, whatever. Right. Like 
either we got an answer for you, or we can find somebody with an answer for you. But we have to make this a learning community in addition to an educational community so we can keep growing. What good is it if you've been rocking with us for a year, but you don't know no more than what you knew when we started, right? And so we just, we just want to appreciate you all for showing up, showing out the way that you do. And the way you can show out on this is to share it. Listen to the audio still. We still do the audio. Audio is doing well, but make sure you're sharing that with your people. And with that being said, uh, for Ray, Chris, Sharif, I am Charles. Y'all have an amazing uh have an amazing week and with that we are out you have been listening to the eight black hands podcast with ankrum cole el mecky and stewart if you like what you heard follow us on twitter our handle is at eight black hands one thank you for listening